It's good to see you today. Good to see you today. It's good to see you. Good to see you. What are you feeding them kids? My God. Oh, my God. I mean, my gosh. It's good to see you today. They're growing up so fast, aren't they? It's good to see you. Oh, it's good to see you. This coronavirus is not going to keep us inside for long. They won't keep us down. It's good to see you. Thank you for coming out today. Thank you. It's good to see you. Now, is that a cough I heard? You better not point it my way. Make sure you're sneezing into your elbows, everybody. Oh, he has risen. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Now, Mrs. Cottle, you know what they said about your angina. You should not be out here, but the good Lord cannot keep you down. It's good to see you. Thank you for bringing out all your grandbabies. It's good to to see you. Now, get on in there. Get on in there. It's good to see you all. It's good to see you all. got your Bibles, church, please turn with me to the book of Luke. We're going to start with uh, chapter 22 and verse 14. And the word says, When the hour came, he took his place at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Verse 17, Then he took his cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Church, how many of us know that uh, you know we've woke up many a Sunday morning saying the same thing after getting on a, a good drunk that we too wouldn't drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Verse 19 says, Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did this same with the cup after after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is on the table. For the Son of Man is going as it has been determined, but woe to that one whom he is betrayed. Then he began to ask one another, excuse me, then they began to ask one another which one of them it could be and who would do this. Now if you would just go on down here with me to verse 31, which Christ gives a little prediction of who this person might be. And he's talking to Peter, saying, Simon, Simon, listen, Satan has demanded to sift all of you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your own family may not fail. And you, when once you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And he said to them, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. (laughs) Are you talking like a little bitch ass? Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you have denied me three times that you know me. Let us pray. Father, we come to you right now this morning. Just thanking you for this opportunity to assemble uh, against the will of 
Governor Andy Bashir against his gubernatorial order. And we just ask that, you know, every head that's bowed, every eye that's closed, everybody that's listening from afar, just uh, keep in mind this day to, you know, watch out for their fake friends. And that, uh, you know, this whole messy business and all the messy business of our lives could be avoided if we just recognize and get rid of the fakes and liars in our lives. And Lord, we just ask that on this Easter morning you would just be with us, each and every one, as we gather here spreading contagion one amongst another, that you would treat us like those that trampled on scorpions and took up snakes there in the book of Luke. And that it would not harm us. And that we would uh, not be a hindrance to one another, but rather lift one another up. And it's with all this, and we give you all the thanks in the world. And amen. Folks, so just if uh, you would this morning, I'd just like to uh, meditate upon thought. And that's this idea that... Uh, the fakes and liars in our lives, as we go about our daily lives, are the ones that more often than not, more often than not, uh, the ones that are the biggest stumbling blocks in our lives, as the name fake friends would suggest. I think it was the great blues man, Brother B.B. King, that said, nobody loves me but my mama and she might be jiving too. And the lesson there, church, is, of course, that even if somebody tells you that they're going to ride on some bitch-ass Romans with you, even unto death, chances are when the Romans show up, they're going to deny you three times and then look over at the high priest and say nothing to him, but instead turn and cut his slave's ear off like Peter does in the scripture here. Shortly thereafter, another one of your messy friends, how many of us know tonight that Judas Iscariot was as messy a bitch as they come. Come up to you with a sack of silver and kiss you on the cheek. And say to you, or not say to you, but rather say to the cops, this is the guy right here, take him, arrest him, arrest him. That's how she usually goes with the fake friends. If we could just root the fakes and liars out of our lives, we could not only live a little more seamlessly, church, we could also, you know, prevent unnecessary crucifixions and and really ultimately that's what it's all about is flattening circles and you know getting our risk pools for crucifixions lined out and trapezoids and whatnot and really leaving the rest of it to the invisible hand of the market uh, which apparently is predicated on both silver and betrayal so as I close tonight Church, before we dismiss you to go to Sunday school and welcome Brother Ray back up here to lead us in song ministry, I'd just like to leave you with a little parting word here, and that being that to always have doubt. You see, it's doubt and not faith that uh, is really the um, source of our hope, particularly in days like this when the Lord was in the garden Crying till the sweat came like blood, he said, You know, Father, if you would let this cup pass from me, but not your will, not my will, but your will be done. And then again, when he's on the cross, he says something. He says, 
my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And church, that doesn't sound like to me like a declaration of faith, but rather a man that knows that he's trusted one too many sloppy bitches and uh, ended up in a sort of a, a fix. But in any case, church, just stay sober, stay vigilant. And just know that everybody that says unto you, let's go ride on these fucking pussy-ass boys, all of them ain't your friends. And with that, I just welcome Brother Ray back up to the pulpit tonight. Thank you, church. If uh, if you would, you can make all uh, love offerings. You can go to patreon.com slash Party. We're accepting love offerings during these trying times so we can keep our ministry going and just know that if you do that, we will uh, heal any afflictions that you may have, any sort of uh, financial shortcomings you may have. We're going to pray and agree and believe God that that situation is going to turn around for you folks, that that, uh, that big break's just right around the corner. And Just know that we're always thinking about you and we're here with you, for you. And, uh, with that, I'll just welcome Brother Ray up. Thank you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power. Stand up. All right, let's go. See you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. High and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. If anybody's um, 
feeling the spirit right now and you, you need to just come to the front. You need to pour your whole heart out in front of the whole congregation in a way that's kind of awkward and they're going to hold you to it later. They're, everybody's going to see you come to the front of this congregation and make a pledge to Jesus Christ right now. And they're going to know you did it. They're going to remember it. They will remember the fact that you got down on your hands and knees and said, it's time to enter the ministry. And that you pledged to probably go halfway across the world for some sort of mission trip. Or that you pledged to go to seminary. So if you're feeling the call right now, if you're feeling the spirit, come down to the front. Come down to the front. There's no judgment here. We are all equal in the eyes of God. We're all equal in the eyes of Christ. Come down. Pour your heart out. Prostrate yourself in front of the king, the king of kings. No one will hold it against you. No one will judge you. We're all brothers and sisters here in Christ together. If you're feeling that call, just come to the front. Don't even think about it. Just get up off of your off of your tail, off your hiney, get out of that pew, you're probably sitting in the back row, you're thinking, I can never do this, I'm not ready for this, I don't have what it takes, I can't ever be a soldier for Christ, but let me tell you, I was once you, I was once you, I once thought that I didn't have it in me either, now look at me. Now I'm leading worship in front of a congregation of maybe 24 or 25 people. And now I'm what, I'm what you've always wanted to be. I am the apogee. I am the ultimate example of what a soldier for Christ looks like. A frail, 32-year-old, neck-bearded, hipster guy who listens to Matchbox 20 in his car after work and feels guilty about it. I'm what you've always wanted to be. I lift it up. Holy, holy, holy. I lift it up. Sing it with me. I know that's not really how it goes. Holy, holy, holy. But we're going to do it anyways. Holy, holy.
Wow. So um, here we are today uh, in Sunday school, in Bible class. Um, what did you get out of the sermon, my friend? Well, I got two things I wanted to talk about here real quick. And that's that, you know, the message today was about fake friends, about fakes and liars, uh, about people that are drama. (laughs) People that are preying on your downfall. People that are preying on your downfall. What what do you think God does with that when he gets those prayers, when when he gets the, uh, the prayers of people preying on other people's downfalls? Well... I'm glad you asked that, Brother Ray, because I've got two scriptures here that talk about what happens when messy-ass bitches. Whoa! Hey, we're this is Sunday school. When these, <laughs> we're, you're going to get. I'm sorry when 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 people that are drama act out. Here's what. Here's how they get dealt with by God. Now, of course, here at the church, we believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, and we believe that it was divinely notated to the writers and divinely inspired but there is just one little hitch in that idea and it starts in Matthew 27 if you got your Bibles just flip over there to Matthew 27 verse 1 through 10 and the scripture says early in the morning all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate the governor. When Judas, or excuse me, handed him over to Bashir the governor. (laughs) When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, and saying, I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied, that's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. And then he went away and hanged himself. Or should he have hung himself? Which is it? Is it hanged or hung? It's hanged. Okay. So that's one account of how a messy bitch gets dealt with. They (laughs) get stuck in their own grief and go take matters into their own hands. You're going to get us in trouble over here. Well, I'm sorry. And then another thing that happens is in Acts 1 and 18, there's a totally different account of how uh, Judas, Judas Exotic dealt with himself. <laughs> and the scripture says, Acts 1 verse 18, with the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a great field and there he fell headlong. His body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. <laughs> Like a pinata. Like a pin, he pin, which is like interesting that like you know I fell in a field many a times and never been disemboweled. So I mean, there's question marks. Was there jagged rocks? I got to have some more context. <laughs> well, back then, if you wanted to kill yourself, the common way was falling on your sword. So I would imagine that there's probably just fields where you can walk out swords sticking out of the ground do you want to kill yourself sword seppuku fields as they're called seppuku fields just fall on just fall on any sword well it's interesting that uh, that there's two 
very explicitly talking about the same guy, right? <laughs> and two very different accounts of how he met his end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, wh- what do you think? Do you think that um, you think that Judas should not have killed himself? What was his alternative? What was he going to do instead? I mean, he was really backed into a corner. Once you're exposed as a fake friend, there's really just... There's nothing you can do at that point. I mean, there's no turning away from that. <laughs> exactly. But it is interesting, though, that that this whole business, like, you know, none of us likes waking up this early to go to church, uh-huh. you know. And it would have just been one service we could just treat as normal if Judas hadn't been, hadn't been drama. Well, let's talk about before the before our Sunday school teacher comes over here and slaps us on the back of the head for being um, recalcitrant. Is that the word? Playing uh, fast and loose with the with the truth. Playing fast and loose with the truth. Um, well, what one other thing before we go on, I wanted to point out is I've been reading out of the New International Version yeah. this morning. And the reason I chose the New International Version is because JesusIsSavior.org says that it was transcribed in hell. <laughs> I thought that added a little nice little wrinkle to things. I personally, I have the King James Version. The and, one and only uh, divinely inspired version. Yeah, the King James Version is great because let me read you John. Let me read you John chapter 19 verses, verse 30. This is um, when Jesus is on the cross. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. That's how they write about Jesus dying. (laughs) (laughs) The one event that shook human history and reverberates through the generations they devote about (laughs) half a sentence to. And that's to say he gave up the ghost. He gave up the ghost. (laughs) Let's talk about friends that aren't fake. Um, well, okay, so Simon Peter is kind of a, kind of a fake friend. Simon Peter is, you he's know, he's kind of a friend that's a little shifty. You know what I mean? He's a little shifty. That's he's like a guy that try fuck your girlfriend, but like still really like cares about <laughs> you as a friend, but just has a, a kind of a weak moral compass. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we never, we never call the cops on you or anything like that. But you know, I, yeah. I mean, I've definitely never done anything like that. I've definitely never done that. So I'm not really like, like Simon Peter. I'm like, who's the most devout disciple? Oh God, you know, you don't really hear Matthew being talked about bad. Yeah, Matthew had a good head on his shoulders. Matthew, if if you had, well, you know, there's a reason why that. Um, Peter got bumped to the back of the New Testament and he's only got like a handful of like little things they say about him. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like, it, but one of the, if you were one, named after one of the big gospels, then, you know, you're, you're kind of drama free. <laughs> um, so Simon Peter is maybe the most fascinating Bible, or the most fascinating character in the New Testament. And definitely the most fascinating disciple, just because he um, he doubted Jesus. It's it's you know doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas gets a bad rep. I mean because 
um, Simon Peter was just as much of a doubter. Um, he denied his Lord three times, obviously, before the cock crowed. But um, I think probably because he felt so much guilt, he went on to be the uh, first pope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, you know, let's just call it what it is. Uh, you know, that, that church has its own problems. Simon Peter and Judas are really the two paths you can take as a fake friend. Um, you can either kill yourself in the seppuku fields, or you can go on to be the Pope. There's <laughs> no middle ground. And if you think about it, it kind of it kind of makes sense because all the popes were kind of fake friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got the new Pope, you know, the woke Pope, and he's like, you know, has proven to be a little problematic because he remember he smacked the woman that tried to hold his hand a little too long <laughs> and then the and then the one before that was a nazi <laughs> yeah. like a literal hitler youth right 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 <laughs> well um i like the pope that moved the court to um to france what what pope was that the one that fled rome Oh, God. That moved Avignon. How long ago was this? This was um, in 1305. Pope Clement V decided to establish his papal court at Poitiers in France. Oh, Clément Lefebvre. Yeah, but in 1309 he moved it to Avignon, where it was to remain for the next 68 years under seven different popes until Pope Gregory the Eleventh moved it back to Rome. Interesting. My man just oh, he he wanted to partake in our French. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, yeah. You know, what what did you call them back then? Parisian Catholics. <laughs> like you're not the Roman Church anymore at that point. You know you're the <laughs> right, right. He wanted to get it in France. <laughs> um. So. I am I'm reading out of John chapter 20. This is when Peter and Mary go to the tomb. So it's Easter Sunday, all right? The, uh, we had our sermon. We were sitting. I don't know if all of you en- enjoyed the sermon as much as we did. We had a we heard a nice sermon from Pastor Sexton. I don't know who uh, I, I prefer Bishop, but you know, you know whatever. Um uh, Bishop Sexton. Um and then we heard, we had a nice praise and worship ceremony and call to the altar from uh the um from the David Chowder band um <laughs> their praise and traveling praise and worship band um and the theme was about fake friends and how uh you know that can get you into some hot water but we shouldn't forget that it's Easter Sunday, and, and he is risen. You know. Yeah, that's true. And, and so let's let's th- let's talk a little bit about what happened when he rose. Um. So Mary and Simon, uh, they they couldn't f- Simon Peter. They wanted to take the body of Jesus, but they couldn't find where it was at. They were like, "Where's the body? Where's where is it? Where's it at?" Um. This is the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. 
Then she runneth and com- cometh. <laughs> she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter <laughs> and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, Who was that other disciple, Tom? Do you remember? The other disciple? Yeah. That, gosh, who was it? I forget now. Um, it, it may have been Thomas. I can't remember. Doubting Thomas. Yeah, that, that would make sense because he, didn't he stick his fingers in his wounds? <laughs> yes, yeah, so that was what I was going to get to. John chapter 20, verse 27. Then he saith to Thomas, this is Jesus. I know it's because of my Bible has red letters where Jesus talks, just okay. in case you couldn't figure it out. Okay. Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas, go ahead. I just got to say something. I mean, we've been railing on fake friends all morning, but let's just keep it a buck. Uh, Christ wasn't exactly the easiest person to be friends with. <laughs> he was always asking you to do weird things like go into the village and talk to a certain man and ask him to like go up into the the attic and like pour out seven vessels of elderberry juice and then drink four of them and return to me with the other three and i'll do something so you know he just he just asked a lot of his friends you're right he did um we all have friends who ask a lot of you they're very high maintenance and uh anybody that asks you to finger their mortal wounds is a little <laughs> i mean that's a lot you know what i mean it takes a lot i got questions about that i mean were they still bloody? Were they like, you know what I mean? Oh, and like also, he's... this is ancient Israel. So, I mean, gangrene, wound, they didn't even have antibiotics, bro. So, you can't have someone sticking your... Was, Har- was Haritz reporting on this back in the day? <laughs> you don't know who, where Thomas's fucking hands were before this. <laughs> yeah. This is Matthew Mark Peter, the uh, bureau chiefs for Haritz. Uh <laughs> 2008. <laughs> um so um so yeah, so Thomas fingers Jesus's wound. Jesus loves it. He loves it. Thomas answered and said to him unto him, "My Lord and my God," Jesus saith unto him, "Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they have not seen, are they that have not seen and yet have believed and then that's when um that's obviously when he takes them fishing and tells peter they throw the net over the side of the the side of the ship and then he brings up a bunch of fish and (laughs) they did they did do a lot of fishing jesus and the boys did a lot of fishing that's right that's right they did a lot of fishing of men too (laughs) they really did (laughs) um all right, so I can hear you in my headphones. I'm feeding back, I guess. Uh, wait, uh, uh, cut that out. We're in Sunday school. There's no distance between <laughs> us. <laughs> we are in we are in the <laughs> temple of God. Um. So so any closing words, uh, brother Tom? Um. You know, I know that you're related to the pastor we heard earlier. Uh, maybe he's your father or your uncle. Um. But maybe he gave you some closing insights as to what was behind his sermon. Uh, well, here's here's one thing I want to say about the Easter thing is, and this is just a testament to sort of how Americanized, uh, you know, religion has become in this country. 
we're all about winners in this country, right? Yeah. You know, we don't really have sports these days, but, you know, usually it's, you know, the Yankees or the Lakers or whoever. That's, you know, that's who we gravitate toward, the winners, right? Uh-huh. But the, the, the Easter story is not really about a winner if you really dig into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's saying, he's saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's not exactly a declaration of faith. And then, you know, it's like you go around this God forsaken country and everybody's like on Thursday, he's risen, he's risen, he's risen. And it's like, no, he ain't, he ain't even dead yet. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. we skip over Saturday and Saturday, of course, what happens? God's dead and it's unclear if there's even going to be an Easter at all, but in this country, we're, you know, we don't trust the process anymore. You know, we just want the end result. And uh, I think that should be the grand takeaway here is to always trust the process. And if you can avoid your fake friends, we can also cut down on our health care costs. And in particular, uh, you know, un, uh, unnecessary crucifixions. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Um uh, obviously you should social distance from your close friends. I know that's hard, but it shouldn't be hard to social distance from your fake friends. So, um, so take that advice. Um, and, uh, we'll be praying for you all this week. And, um, don't forget to, to tell them where they can make a love offer. Oh, if you'd like to, um, the tithe, the tithe, Tithing plates will be going around soon, or bowls. What'd you call them in your church? I guess we call them plates. I don't know why. Yeah, pass the plate. Yeah. We're gonna uh, we're gonna be passing the plate around. Um, Five dollars a month on the Patreon. P a t r e o n dot com slash Trailbilly Workers Party. Go th- go go! Send us a tithe of five dollars a month. Bring all your tithes into the storehouse, or or ten percent of your income. You know, we'll take that too. <laughs> We'll take whatever you got. Um, So uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully this gives you the faith and the courage to get through this week. And um, and yeah, uh, I guess we're going to go out on a song. I was I was trying to um, think of good. um, So, you know. It's really hard to stay Christian and godly in a in a secular world, in a really, you know, in a ungodly world. You got to be in the world, but not of it. And it's really hard to do when there's so much good, goddamn, um, I mean, god darn music out there. And um, and so I will be offering you some Christian alternatives to that secular ungodly music you listen to so this week we'll be going out on uh sonic floods i want to know you which is quite literally about fucking it's about fucking god (laughs) jesus well i want to know you in the biblical sense honestly it's it's a direct one-to-one ripoff of third eye blind's semi-charmed life but with lyrics about wanting to uh, dick down Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> my God. Have you no shame, Sonic Flood? So, um, uh, hopefully you, uh, will enjoy that. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, we will see you on the Patreon. Go with God. I thought I was-
trust you are there in the secret in the quiet hour i wait only for you because i want to know